Hey guys, it's Teresa. You're listening to You Can Tell Me Anything, the podcast where comedians confess something they've never told anyone before. Um, got a quick couple quick announcements before we get into this episode. I'm going to be traveling this weekend. Um, that's the 26th and the 27th of July. You know, this weekend, like I said. Um, <laughs> I'll be traveling with my short film to Indianapolis, Indiana for the Heartland Indie Shorts Film Festival. Um, so I'll physically be there but also on Saturday July 27th that short film I think she likes you is playing at two other festivals across the country including the Asian American International Film Festival um, in New York City so if you live there um, it will be playing at Asia Society in the afternoon as well as Outfest in Los Angeles at Harmony Gold in Hollywood so three chances to see that film um, if you want to see it uh, on Saturday this week. Um, tickets are open to the public. Um, you can get them online. You can follow at I Think She Likes You Film for all the details or, you know, go to the, re- the respective websites of those film festivals. Also, um, you can come see me do stand-up comedy every Monday, including this coming Monday. I'll be back in Los Angeles for this show at Public House um, in Los Feliz. And yeah, it's free beer, free pizza. It's very casual. We always have wonderful comedian friends from you know all the comedy central late night crew tv you guys know the drill it's always a lot of fun um so come out come hang come say hi if you listen to the podcast i always love to meet uh confidants in person speaking of confidants um thank you guys for so much uh for those that left a review last week um this one was pretty nice i'll read it right now um they didn't dm me so but if you do leave me a five-star review and want a private confession send me a little dm i will um i'll send you a private confession you can do that on instagram or twitter or you can even post it publicly honestly i'll retweet i love to retweet compliments um that's at larisa t um to to get that so here's a very nice five-star review it says i first found out about about true through the youtube video i think he means you through the youtube video four awful ways our ancestors used to get high uh yes that's right i did do this crazy video uh where i do mushrooms and it's perfectly legal anyways um on the crack channel since then i found out you did stand up and that you had a podcast and i was like dude Teresa is positive and such a good spirited person and that video would help me get into psychedelics basically what i'm trying to say is i appreciate you as a person as a hard-working woman keep up the great work i'll be sure to stay tuned for the next podcast and hopefully i can catch one of your shows on mondays this is so nice thank you so much it's a bit of stream of thought but you know what that's how i know it's authentic um love it if you guys uh, leave me a view, review and send it to me, I'll send you a confession. Um, and uh, finally, if you want to support the podcast, again, we've moved away from Patreon. Um, and now we're just on PayPal, so you can kind of come as you want. It's really just a tip jar. Um, but it does help because there are costs that come with the podcast that come out of pocket. It's paypal.me slash you can tell me anything. And um, if you donate five dollars um, with it before the fifth of that month, um, you'll be included on the private newsletter that goes out every month. I will send you basically an email with you know a private video, um, include some pictures, a personal letter. I really love writing them. I like to connect you guys. Um, and wow, you guys can probably hear my dog in the corner licking a beef stick. And truly, I do apologize. So without further ado, I'm going to get into this episode. Um, I really like this episode. It was a great conversation with my old friend, Kenny DeForest. I hope you guys enjoy. Bye. You can tell her, you can tell her anything. 
this is Teresa. You're listening to You Can Tell Me Anything. This is the podcast where comedians confess something they've never told anyone before. Um, I'm super excited for my guest today. Uh, we go back to New York. We're old friends, and he lives out here in L.A. now. He's going to be on tour. He is so funny. You should watch his late night set, okay? I know. I've seen that, and it's very great. Um, he always makes you laugh to watch him, so you guys will love him. Um, check out his dates on his website. It's Kenny DeForest. Hello. Hello, friend Teresa. <laughs> Um, How are you today? I'm really well. This is a beautiful apartment, and oh, uh, we have known each other for some time now, haven't we? Yeah, it's funny how that works. It's been, it's, it's definitely been like because I think when I met you, I was barely doing stand up. So it's one of those things. I met you out of stand up, and it's like and now we're all in stand up. Yeah, <laughs> where do we meet? That um, we met at um, uh, Union Pool. Union Pool. Yeah. I, I kept wanting to say Big City Tap, but that was the Chicago version of Union I Pool. Was, um, I was third wheeling my twin sister. So yeah. Oh, I think nice. I was like. I think I was just like, <laughs> this was me being like a dumb 20s, early 20s person, but I think I was like, I'll just talk to this guy and, and like, and just, just distract myself while my sister dances with her boyfriend. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. You no, went, but not in a You went to the late night like, dance party You were with like, your sister uh, and her very boyfriend. friendly. I didn't mean it as like some random, but because oh, no, I no. think it was one of those things where I, I usually don't talk to strangers, yeah. but we like hung out all night and I think it was one of those things where I was like, well, my, my sister's out there, uh, out there making out with her boyfriend, so... I have to talk to a stranger. Yeah, <laughs> and I was uh, I was happy to oblige. So yeah. yeah. And now we're both in LA. Now we're both in sunny Los Angeles, <laughs> the city of lost angels. Um, well, Kenny, I'd like to start by asking my guest for a good confession, um, just to start on a positive note. Do you have something good you'd like to confess? Uh, I just got engaged. Congratulations! That's right. Yeah. That's so exciting. So that's exciting, and um, yeah, I, I would just say. Yeah, that that is a capstone of uh, a slow four to five year process of me getting my shit together. Uh-huh. You 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 met actually, and I was fun. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say I wasn't <laughs> so a good was time. So Now I'm very boring. Well, yeah, right. <laughs> I think we both. Well, now I'm drinking a little bit again, but we both like have quit drinking in a very long term way. Yeah. Through through the last couple of years. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. Yeah, you you met the um, kind of the 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 last thrashings <laughs> of um, season finale. Uh, yeah, the season finale of Party Kenny, and uh, you know it was it was a very fun time. I was a fun guy, but man, it just starts to wear on you as you sure. get older, and uh, it was just wreaking havoc on my mental health. <laughs> And I couldn't do it anymore. And so, and then I, I met my now fiance and, um, you know, you have those moments where you go, I don't think she, I don't think she's going to see long-term stability with this lifestyle <laughs> that I'm bringing to the table here. And, uh, so I, I've been slowly, you know, I went to therapy, I quit drinking, I did all this really wild, abrupt changes, but now we're engaged and I'm in Los Angeles and I had avocado toast for breakfast wow. and I don't know who I am anymore. Look at you. I'm like drinking me. an orange juice here. I you know, know, I mean, it's just <laughs> my body's like, Hey man, too many nutrients. Actually you need to, why don't you eat some cake? It's like, you're going to have to get a ponytail next. Mm. Um. <laughs> yeah. That is like an LA thing. You, you kind of walk around and you see all the ponytails. You're like, which one's going to be me? <laughs> which ponytail guy am I about to be? I had something like that happen, not with a ponytail, but, um, I, uh, when I first moved here, cause I remember very distinctly, like, I think it was like the second day my sister took me on a hike and I was like, great, it'll be fun. It seems to be the LA thing. And like, <laughs> I got tired walking to the trailhead and I remember being like, God, fuck all this like LA happy bullshit. Like 
I was so like in New York angry. And I was yeah. like, oh, I hope I never become one of those people who genuinely are happy. Which yeah, is, like, I know. I know. It's so good to be happy. It's but. so good. <laughs> I, I, I really struggle with it, man. Yeah. Yeah. There is something in my head that thinks that I have to be Miserable. upset or uncomfortable. Yeah. You know? Well, the happy medium, well, not, I don't know if this is actually good, but if you, if you feel like this or have felt like this, like us, uh, I think you get some street cred by being like, well, here are a bunch of lows I had in New York. And then you can be like, and now I deserve to be happy. Like you can also just get away with being like, I was once unhappy. So don't come at me with your, don't be happy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or you you can also (laughs) just be happy. Like it's such a silly, (laughs) like if it is, but it like, we feel like we have to justify it. I was talking to a friend about LA in general the other night and, and I hope we're not no. Uh, side sidebarring too much here, um, but I do think if you're the if you have the right mental makeup, LA is very hard to accept because mm-hmm. it really is. It's like if you're a depressive person or you don't have a lot of self love, mm-hmm. you'll be like, I don't deserve it, and so you you you'll find ways to hate LA. Like sure. I've noticed that a lot of people, like a lot of more depressive people that live in LA, you'll be like, Do you like it? Like I mean, yeah, it's great, but. And then it's like, you almost have to immediately be like, yeah, but it's like the same every day. And like, who wants (laughs) that? It's perfect. But I mean, the truth is that's like an internal, that's like, that's a lack of self-love. If you love yourself, you go, yeah, I deserve this. It should be nice every day, wherever I am. Cause I'm a rosy ray of sunshine, you know, but I'm not there yet. It's a... I've said this, I think on the pod before, but if you don't love yourself, someone loving you feels like an attack because then you start to be like why why do you and then you're like something's wrong with you because how could you like yeah or you start to question their motives you know and be like and be like are you why are you lying to me (laughs) yeah why are you telling me you love me what's your motive what's your motive yeah yeah gosh well i'm so glad you're doing better and doing i mean not that I thought you weren't doing well, but it sounds like you've like really found yourself, which is really cool. Well, I'm and working on it. Um, now, now I was actually thinking about this today. Now I got to, it's kind of what you're talking about. Like I'll do some really healthy self love, self care shit. Like I've mm-hmm. been doing a lot of hot yoga out here. I'm oh. just embracing the LA thing, you know, nice. but I'll do hot yoga and I'll get home and I'll be like, okay, I did something good. Now I need to smoke a joint by myself. <laughs> You know, like almost like to keep it real. Just, like, I couldn't just it. feel good. <laughs> I, I couldn't just feel like good and healthy all day. I need to do something that feels like a vice. Yeah, but like weed is, that's the, it's the most LA because it's not, now it's legal. It's, it was never really a vice. It was just uh, like propaganda made it feel like criminal. I, I mean, know. It's always been pretty natural and healthy. And it's like people who are very into weed are like, yeah, just like love each other or at the most, you know, like yeah, we'll make some cool art. Like it's really not. You're definitely a, not going to be like, you might be high and not present around your friends, but you're not going to be like straight up selfish and inconsiderate. Like yeah, you are with like booze and, and uppers and, and stuff like that. People don't really get violent on weed. It's not when no. people get smoke weed and then they like scream insults at you. Yeah. You're not going to like, you're not going to like smoke weed and then black out and be at a strip club ruining your relationship. <laughs> you know what I mean? You might just not do a bunch of good stuff, but you're just, it's neutral. Yeah. 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 Right. 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 You're like, right. Oh, I got too high yeah. to donate to this homeless shelter. That's right. I- yeah. <laughs> I got too high to chase my dreams, but <laughs> I didn't hurt anybody. So right. that's cool. That's interesting. So how long have you been going to therapy? Uh, I haven't found a therapist in LA yet, but I, I went for two years in New York pretty oh, regularly okay. so, that's pretty good. so yeah I, I dug i dug into um a lot of my problems and uh i've at least identified some habits and yeah. and patterns and um you know it was a good experience overall i, I by the end i was like i need a break from therapy sure. uh because i started not to trust 
<laughs> the therapist. Well, I tr- it's not that I didn't trust too, him. It's know? not that I didn't trust. Yeah, it's not that I didn't trust him. It's just I don't know if you've had this experience, but it started to feel like um, there's currency in making me the victim of my own narrative. So I'd tell a story yeah, before a breakthrough. They're just like, okay, we need to like come back to this other thing, and you're like, yeah. And it's also like sometimes it felt like okay, I wasn't telling you this because I wanted sympathy or I wanted uh-huh. you to talk about how terrible this must have been for me. I'm actually telling you because I think I did something bad in the story. And my therapist is very much yeah. always like, that sounds really hard and I can't believe they would do that to you. And I'm like, and I'm like, like yo, <laughs> but for real though, it feels like also what could I do differently? And also every story I tell you can't be, <laughs> oh, poor little Kenny. But there's, I felt like there's currency in that to keep me coming oh. back. Because it feels good as a person to be sure. told like, yes, yes, that is hard. And everyone's out to get you. You know, like he yeah. never said that. But it, it just, it started to feel a little like, oh, you're just trying to keep me here. It wasn't honest. Yeah. I, and I, I, to his defense, I think it probably, looking back, maybe was. Well, no, but but in, I the, think, in the moment, I was like, whoa. I think that's super self-aware and mature of you to say that. Because a lot of people... I think do go to hear that they're right or why everybody is wrong or whatever. And it, it isn't just about being right or wrong, but you know, their job is to make you feel better. So even when you are in the wrong, they won't like say it that way, but they might be like, could you, you know, approach this differently? Yeah. Um, but I, I also think like I talk about going there all the time. This podcast is loosely inspired by it, but I also like, I'm at a break right now with my therapist. And I think those are also important to talk about because um, sometimes you need a, just go out and live your life or take the tools mm-hmm. that you were given. And for me, it, I was starting to have these breakdowns because we were talking in therapy like about all this traumatic stuff, but we weren't really, I don't want to say fix it because you can't really fix it, but we weren't really having enough breakthroughs. So it felt like she was like digging it all up and then wasn't giving me tools and I wasn't finding the tools to fix it. So then I was like, well, right now it's just bleeding into my life. Like I was just walking around constantly like catatonic, like, all the stuff we dug up but hadn't like done yeah. anything about no, so totally, i was like man. i just need a break i'm like going back to work and i just need to be present so i told her that and so she's like all right let me know when you're ready to come back and i will but like part of me is like maybe i'll try a couple other therapists it feels like we're taking a uh, relationship break and i'm like maybe i'll date around and see uh who else works yeah but yeah i think that's important because they're just people and they'll do their best but at a certain point like it might it could be time to move on or take a break yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, it's uh, it just hit a point. And there was a couple of things I didn't like there at the end, and so I was like, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to not being in therapy for a minute and just see yeah. how I feel and live my life with that. Yeah. Um, but it's not like I mean, once you've gone, it it feels like you can always call you you. It's familiar. Like you can always pick up the phone and call someone if you feel like really down. So that's I, establishing it is really important, and then you can go away for a year and feel fine. Yeah. But uh, it won't be as hard to like pick up the phone because it's not like you're starting from scratch. Totally, totally. But that is the part that's daunting. Is like, well, there's one guy in New York that knows my whole story, and so <laughs> if I find a new person, I have to start over. Sure. Jesus. It's it's rough. Moving is hard. Finding a new person is hard. Yeah. And um, if you can even get an appointment, which is um. It just takes a long time. So, but, but yeah, hang in there. We, we got a message last week about this on our email because, um, we, I talked about how hard it was to get into group therapy and I still haven't succeeded. And now I'm like, Oh, I'll just go to like AA or Al-Anon, which is like group therapy, but it, it is free. But this message was like, thanks for talking about it because, um, I've been trying and I want to give up and I feel like it's not for me just cause it's not working out. But I was like, no, hang in there. Keep doing it. 
Because once it does, it does take a while to start sometimes. Yeah, well, totally. Yeah. It's daunting. Any yeah. any big task is daunting. Yeah. You know, it's just like the hardest part of any big project is starting. Yeah. You know, and therapy True. is maybe the biggest project of all because it's, in theory, a lifetime of unpacking <sighs> your life. The hardest part of writing is rewriting, and therapy is kind of like rewriting your life or oh. rewriting your um, a frame of thought. Yeah, interesting. Well said. <laughs> well said. Well, speaking of all this, is there anything you'd like to tell me, Kenny? Oh, yeah, confession-wise, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I was thinking about this, and I, it's actually kind of top of mind. I just relived one of these stories. My uh, best friend from high school and I just kind of reconnected after some time. Uh, nice. You know there was no reason we didn't speak. It just kind of sure. happened. Life took us to separate paths for a minute. Yeah. And we just reconnected and it was really nice, really honestly therapeutic to see him. Um, but yeah, we were reliving this thing we used to do. And I guess it started in probably like middle school, probably like 12, mm-hmm. you know, a bunch of hormonal boys. I grew up in um, Southwest Missouri, Springfield, the town's called Springfield. And you know, it's not, a tiny town it's I, I would describe it as a uh, a big small town you know 250,000 yeah, sure. 300,000 people but it feels like a small town I have no idea how many people were in my town where'd you grow up Palo Alto oh yeah 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 but that's probably a big small town too because there's a school in it so there's a lot of I mean there's like a, a college yeah a yeah that's kind of my, my where I grew up was like there's a big state school and mm-hmm. then uh you know, when it's not in session, the population's down a little, but it's still in the 200, 250,000. Uh-huh. It's a big community. It's basically like if you just took a big suburb and set it by itself in Southwest Missouri. It's kind of yeah, what it feels like, like you don't know people by name at the coffee shop, but you no. might run into someone at the bowling alley and you'll say hi or whatever. Yeah, right. Yeah. I'm not going to know everyone at the coffee shop, but if you go with me for a whole day through Springfield and we just go around running errands, yeah. I will run into someone <laughs> I know. I will absolutely run into someone uh-huh. I know. Um, but, you know, it, so it was, it, I grew up in a place where there's not a lot of inherent entertainment for teenagers, you know? Sure. Yeah, there's only so many movies you can see. Uh-huh. Um, we used to sit in the Taco Bell parking lot for no reason and just, like, <laughs> sit there. And that's the kind of town. And yeah. so one thing that we learned that we could do uh, to generate some excitement for ourselves uh-huh. is we would sneak out of the house at night. And we were t- still too uh, young and immature to be able to speak to girls. Okay. So that was off the table. So uh, what we would do is we would take like Little Debbie snack cakes and um, we would sneak out and hide in the bushes. And we had a few spots where we knew that they were really good to do this. And when we would wait for unsuspecting cars to pass, we would jump out of the bushes and pelt them with the Little <laughs> Debbie snack cakes. Basically... Just really getting off on the on the knowledge that uh, there was going to be a, a, a mild explosion, sure. followed by tremendous confusion. Yeah. You know, because they're going to be like, "What was that? Was that an animal? Was that a rock?" And then they get out, and they're probably one delighted to find out it was not a rock; it was a soft, pillowy cake. But then also Dessert. angry at the cake, and then also <laughs> the in an ideal world, the cream filling has now exploded. Oh man. Um. And so we've given these people a small mess to clean up. And I, I, I guess the idea was just the adrenaline of it, just doing something you're yeah. not supposed to do. That was also, we knew we weren't doing permanent harm to the car. Uh-huh. So it felt like a victimless crime, although pr- probably not. I'm sure we dented a couple 
From Debbie Cakes? Probably not, though. No, but the very the first thing I thought of as a driver, which you wouldn't think of as a teenager, because you don't have you don't have enough ears driving to like be, have been in accidents to be to have that terror. Yeah. But as a driver, I'm like, oh my god, if something leaped out at me, like I would just be like, just because I've been in a couple tiffs, like my anxiety would be like, ah. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna crash. I'm gonna die. Well, and now you know. So. Uh, well, well, I guess remind me. We'll close with the scariest one. There's a story oh, okay. that gets really scary. Okay. This is the one I just relived. But I, I think that what you just said, like, sounds like a. It totally makes sense. This is probably very common with teenage boys yeah. I and mean, even girls. Like, but we would, you know, whatever. Our adrenaline rush was like going to talk to boys. I guess we were a little bit more ma- not mature, but like our brains were like ahead. So we we're like, let's go try to talk to boys. Yeah, but boys the idea are of pushing that line. Like yeah, boys are so stupid. We just have to like prove there's something biologically where we have to prove our physical uh, ability, you know. Uh-huh. And so it's like fighting, it's sports, sure. but it's also like I'm gonna generate almost a hunting scenario. Like, oh, yeah. am I able to flee danger? I'm like, there's something biologically where we have to know that, like. It's huh. just if I'm being chased across the Great Plains by a buffalo, <laughs> what am I? What what skill set am I dealing with? How long can I run this fast? You know? Yeah, I've never thought of that. That that is really well put. Like you're literally trying to like you're training a little. You're conditioning that sort of fight or flight response. Yeah, we are animals, and we forget <laughs> that all the time. There are things that we do that make no sense at yeah. the time, but at the time it feels totally logical. This is what you should be doing no one else understands <laughs> and then you look back even two years later three years later because you changed so much from 16 sure. to 18 from 18 to 20 and you look back and you go what was that like wh- <laughs> i don't what what was the motivation there how did that end up in my head it's like watching when cats are alone and then they just start going Row! and then like fighting <sighs> with a yarn ball and then they like push it aside and then jump on it and you're like what is what are you doing? Yeah, what do you think that is? <laughs> it's so funny. Like, I need to attack something. Cat, yeah, cats are a great example. Cat, a cat will be like borderline asleep and then for no reason it'll just be sprinting around <laughs> yeah. and chasing nothing. Yeah. It's like, what is happening? Okay, wait, how old were you again? You were 16 or a little younger? I would say we probably started around like uh, 14, I would say. Okay. And this went through... 18. I think the last time we did it was 18. And then we had a moment where we were like, oh, we're actually adults now. That's quite a long so time. So if we get uh, caught, oh sure, this is not good. You and how many in your group? Or was it always changing? Or was it kind of like a, like a stranger, stranger <laughs> things I would say the greater, the greater group, there was probably 10 to 12 kids that would do this. Oh, okay. But not, never all at once. Sure. You know, you'd be in little clusters of three and four. And honestly, maybe even more. It kind of spread a little bit. It became kind of a thing. I mean, it's almost like, I mean, there's, you know, some people do tagging. There's all these other, I mean, similar thing that you're kind of part of your brain that you're yeah um, soothing. There's something too that's very appealing. And I think this is also the comedian in me, but I love creating chaos Sure, and, and just watching funny people about react. Takes. Like, there's something comedic about that. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like the most delightful uh-huh. thing, and now it's, it's like not eggs. been weaponized. Like, that's like the classic. Yeah, one, yeah, that, and I guess that is part of it too. Is is you picture the person leaping out of their car like eggs, like just expecting something so damaging, and then you see that it's just like a ho ho. <laughs> that's probably going to be like a little bit of a relief, right? Where you're sure, like, yeah. oh, okay, just wipe this off, keep it going. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, we were kind of yeah, we were like a rotating cast, snack cakes. I don't remember where the hell I was going with this, but uh, well, it's I fine. have a question. Yeah. Um, is is Missouri, or Springfield where you're from? Is it predominantly white? Mm-hmm. 
that, I mean, I, that, that to me, like, there's another layer that uh, I feel like I'm also like, if that happened to me as a suburban, I just like, it's a suburban thing. But now, like, we're so aware of it, and, well, as we should, but aware of race, that I, there's an extra layer of that happened to me. I'd be like, wait, but is this a race thing, too? And that kind of takes it out. Of oh, like if I hit your car, you're saying you would think that maybe I was maybe, targeting yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, so. interesting. No, that, or I'd wonder, I'd be like, it's probably not. It's probably like a suburban thing. Yeah. Um, but but that's just no. But also, thing. it is probably we didn't fear the law the way. Right, and you probably weren't we afraid would. anyone was going to feel singled out for anything. Like oh, you that's were just, true. Yeah. You were just indiscriminately throwing cakes at any car. Yeah, any car. All, all yeah. are welcome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, we would do. Uh, I think I was about to tell you something else, kind of adjacent that we would okay. do. But like, and then sometimes we would put like. Um, we're talking about why it's funny. Is that what, what you Yeah, sewing chaos. Uh, <laughs> you said something that like, something adjacent that you would do in color. It wasn't snack cakes. You said we would do... Oh, tagging. Tagging. Yeah. I didn't tag. I had friends who tagged in high school. Not well. Like none of these people are, I'm sure, doing any art now. But, you know, in the same way, they would go to the elementary schools and kind of like draw on the shit. And, like, oh, I know what I was about to tell you. This is very Missouri. So yeah, there's okay. that. Then, then, so we had the throwing food at cars and then another way to sow chaos is we would go and buy fireworks mm -hmm. and we would set up a mini fireworks show oh, wow. uh, in front of a house at like two in the morning. Oh my God. So there'd be like three or four of us and you know, a lighter in each hand. Mm -hmm. So you could like twist three or four fuses together for your left hand. So you could light four fireworks with your left hand. You'd light three or four with your right hand. Wow. Then we'd have one friend in the driver. We actually had like a little method. So you know the Roman candles, the long tubes that okay. just shoot like one at a time? Boom, sure. boom. And I think there's probably like six or eight in each. Uh -huh. So you would put like four of those on the curb arcing over the house. So you'd angle it so they're shooting over the house. You would do that four on each side. So one person's lighting four Roman candles with the right, one person's lighting four Roman candles with the left. So that's one person. That's eight Roman candles lit by wow. that person. Okay. Then you'd have a person in the driveway that would do a Saturn missiles, which is the one that goes do, 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 do. There's like 120 in one thing. Oh, wow. It'd be that and a fountain. And a fountain's the one that just sprays like colorful sparks up in the air. <laughs> and it just honestly looks like a fountain of colorful fire, basically. Okay. And then one person would be on doorbell duty and they would light something small on the doorstep and then a stink bomb or a smoke bomb. Oh, no. Throw it down, ring the doorbell. And then we would like wait just out of sight to watch the person come to the door in a, in a kerfuffle. Then the fireworks starts. You watch their confusion and then you just laugh and laugh. And that was it. <laughs> that, we would did you do guys that ever get in trouble? Like, do people get mad enough to call the cops on you? So the only, what's weird. So we got chased once and I'll tell you that story in great detail here in a second. Um, but the, I never got in actual trouble. There's two times that I almost got caught for the car thing. Um, once we were at a party, this is one of the last times we did it probably. Mm -hmm. Um, and the, the house had a front yard, the front yard, it was kind of like down. So the road was up high and then the house was like kind of down in this little valley. Mm -hmm. And so you'd have to walk up to the road from the house. Mm -hmm. And so it's actually pretty good for throwing food at cars because you could, you're kind of like, you could just be low next to the road, pop up and hit them and they wouldn't see you. <laughs> so we're at this party. A couple of friends of mine are like, let's go do this thing. And I didn't even think about it at the time, but the two guys whose idea it was were injured. One guy had a severely sprained ankle. Oh no. And one guy was in a back brace from Jesus. a back injury he suffered. They were the two who thought this would be a good idea, which 
to this day blows my mind. So we had bratwurst, <laughs> which is a hilarious weapon of choice. Because it'll explode. Yeah, right. So this car's going by. Six idiots jump up. Pop, 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 pop. We all take off. All four, four of the able-bodied people <laughs> run off. We're long gone by the oh, time no. the car stops. My two idiot friends are just laying there hoping not to get caught. The guy gets out. <laughs> this is my buddy. I, I can still hear it in my head. Huh? My buddy said the guy ran his fingers down the side of his car, smelled his fingers, and goes, Bratwurst! <laughs> He was so shocked by the fact it was bratwurst. And then he caught my two friends because they couldn't run. Right. Uh, and so, yeah, they came down to the party and they were like, there's kids in this house throwing food of cars, blah, 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 blah. And the party was ending anyway. So the parents <laughs> kind of like, they were doing what? And then we just left. Um, one time I was at the YMCA playing basketball and I heard my name paged over the loudspeaker <laughs> saying I had a phone call. I went, answer the phone. It's my mom. She goes, the sheriff is here. And I go, what? what? And he gets on the phone. And, and this is actually, to this day, I don't know the reality of what happened here. Oh, okay. Um, but he said that I, someone had called the police on me for prank calls. But what was really strange about it is the week in question, I wasn't even in town. Huh. And my friends and I you did prank call calls someone for, some. on the police for prank calls? Well, so here's what's crazy about it. So my friends and I did prank calls sometimes, but it really was like standard, like, yeah. is your refrigerator run? I mean, we would always have a joke. We would say something and then and laugh then hang and up. laugh and hang <laughs> This woman claimed that we called her multiple times at night for weeks on end and we would just breathe deeply in the phone. No, it sounds like this woman has a stalker. Yeah, or schizophrenia, or paranoid oh. schizophrenia. I don't know. But you don't know who that woman was. I don't know who the woman was. I was like, my, the blood left my face. I was like, what? And I was like, no, I promise you. And I even told him I was such a stupid teenager that hasn't learned not to tell the cops what you know ever. Sure, you're like giving them something so they would get off your Yeah, so I literally was like, I mean, I prank called, but I've never done that. Like, I don't ever breathe deeply <laughs> in the phone, which is true. Like, to this day, I maintain my innocence. Like, whatever right. the hell that was, I, I definitely did not call the same number every night for weeks and just breathe deeply in the yeah, phone. Yeah, you were like, That's we like psycho like fireworks. Shit. We light them and we're very loud. We would yeah. never do a covert operation. Yeah, like right. If a house burned down from fireworks, that might be us. <laughs> Um, so that was the time I almost got caught being a, a, a little shithead. And then, um, so, but this is the big story. Are you ready for this one? The, okay. the big chase. Well, I wanted to say, cause what, uh, before we get into, I was just going to say what you remind, you remind me of, I grew up in a, like, like I said, similar small town and we used to do speed racing, not like very good or anything, but we would sometimes go like 90 down the street by our, um, school just like at lunchtime. And I remember the feeling because you what you said about like almost wanting to get caught i this is where this came in is the feeling of like i was such a good kid i was like very, you know in straight a student whatever but i remember the feeling of like part of me was like i almost wanted something to happen and not really like let's be honest i don't i didn't want to crash i didn't want to die i didn't want to get arrested but there was a part of me and maybe this is that fight or flight that when we were speeding i felt like genuine terror and then a little bit of excitement of like what if something happens yeah. right now and it's, I don't want it to, but I kind of wanted it to at the same time. Well, it's so weird. Like being a good person is kind of being just a purely good person is really difficult. There's like yeah. part of you that feels gross about it. I, I always did. Like yeah. I was like you, I was like student council, yeah. you know, I wasn't a straight A student. I probably could have been if I applied myself <laughs> a little harder, but I was like B plus B plus and A's, yeah. you know, like I never got a C, uh -huh. you know, I was like A's and B's. And student council, 
basketball you're an athlete, player. Yeah, you played in college. Yeah, all that stuff. But there was always part of me that was like, like it was almost like I needed to acknowledge my dark side. Sure. I'm not going to pretend it doesn't exist. I'm not going to be like Eddie Haskell, which is, I don't know if that's a reference anyone gets anymore. It's a leave it the beaver reference. My parents used to watch leave it the beaver. There's a character called Eddie Haskell who the parents all think is a very good boy, but secretly he's the one that gets them all to smoke cigarettes and, Ah. and drink beers. And, um, you weren't the instigator, but you were like attracted to the instigator. Yeah. I, yeah. My, my friend Matt was very much an instigator and, uh, but I was very attracted to it and the adrenaline rush. And also I never trusted anyone who's like, I'm a good kid. Sure. You know, I always felt like, well, we all have something shit. Like, yeah, you're how do you get something. your shitty <laughs> shit out? You know, so speed racing is part of it. I actually did that one time. And it was funny too, is I was just there watching in my shitty four cylinder Mitsubishi Gallant and the cops came and we had like, it was like seriously fast and furious style cars, like crisscrossing <gasps> and going different ways. And oh, it was wow. one of the great adrenaline rushes of oh, my whole that's life. That's crazy. Yeah. We never, it wasn't ever that intense. It was literally just like this long, uh, it was kind of like you know sometimes an empty town and during lunchtime everybody was at work or at school we would just race yeah but yeah it, it was dumb like you could easily have gotten a ticket at the very least but we would just or hit I was somebody never in, yeah or hit somebody that's true or hit ourselves yeah um yeah anyways but that that idea of wanting to get caught that that made me think of that yeah yeah there's just something you just you crave you crave excitement yeah you know and sometimes it's like even if it's a and this is a very white thing to say. If even if it's a police no, it's interaction, a, it's not as. Oh yeah, I, I, well, tempting well, the police is a very white, white it's a thing. Cla- it maybe a classist thing because because um, I felt that too, and I, I felt very safe when it came to cops, and that was a privilege I had. But you know, I'm not white, so. Uh, but I grew up in a sort of like suburban, wealthy area where it was diverse makeup, but it was not diverse in education. Like everyone was college educated at the very least, you know. Yeah. Very, so there was a, for sure like a ceiling or. Uh, a ground ground even the cops you know are probably mean? like, like a priv- this is a, a good town yeah. yes i'm like sure the had cops a- had that attitude where they were like oh come on yeah we had a cop that just kids. hung out at the middle school you know like there's like they all assign the cops to the schools yeah yeah and then you're just friendly buddy buddy with them <laughs> like yeah i don't think that happens in every small town or yeah. every town yeah. yeah but okay so the big the big scary story oh so this all accumulated so you were trying to hoping to get caught didn't get caught Getting in rush, and yeah. then what happened? Yeah. Well, the, okay, so I'm, I'm going to tell a quick one first because there's there's so many almost got caught. Mm-hmm. One of the scary ones was we almost caused an accident. And that okay. was very sobering. That was one where it was like, all right, we need to yeah. be... And we were too young to learn the lesson, don't do this anymore. So we <laughs> learned, like, don't do it this way. <laughs> but we So like there was a brief stretch where we would put like weird obstacles in the road and just watch cars like deal with it. And like, we'd never do it on like a main road, but it'd be like a little sure. residential street. We'll just put four planters, like, like, okay. um, for pl- plants, you know, sure. we'll just line those were across the road. Were you stealing these or where did you get them? It. I think my friend's mom had them in her garage, oh, okay. something like that. <laughs> we're just trying to find something. And it'd be yeah. funny because you'd see a car come up and then all of a sudden it'd be in their headlights. They'd slam on the brakes <gasps> and then you'd watch them realize, why are there four planters? What is this? They'd get out and be all confused. <laughs> you know, and anything's funny to you at that age. You're like, ah, sure. look at this idiot. So one time we were at a party and we put planters on this road and it was like right at the other side of a little, like a small hill mm-hmm. and a car came flying over the hill and saw the planter, must've thought it was a, like a rodent or something, cranked the wheel to the right, went off the road into oh. a ditch and all of us were like on 
a backyard fence peeking over watching and the car came about a foot from the fence. Oh my God. It would have killed everyone at this party. The car corrects, gets back on the road, squeals, and then luckily just like comes to a stop. The person's completely freaked out. Oh my God. And that was a moment of like, let's not put things in the road, which the lesson should have been, let's not mess with anyone while they're driving. But we were in seventh grade at this time. So we were like, let's not do this version anymore. Let's only hit them with snack cakes. Um, story two, I wasn't here for this. This is like one of the epic throwing food at cars stories though. My buddy with the back brace from that last story, this idiot who never learns his lesson in the middle of the day threw a wet paper towel at a car with a back brace on. So he couldn't really run (laughs) middle of the day too. So the guy sees him and Uh chased him around this neighborhood for 20 minutes honking his horn. Yeah, don't and my friend run, just run from a guy in a car. He's much faster. Yeah, right. And my buddy, luckily, there was alleys in this neighborhood, so he was able to maneuver away <laughs> just enough. And the guy called the cops and knew exactly what house they were hiding in, and they just never answered the door. And so the cops were like, whatever, and let it go. So that's one. one that's time, also a small town when cops respond to teenage, yeah. teenage antics. A teenager hit my car with a paper towel. We'll be right there, ma'am. Like, come on. Like, in L.A., I, I literally, we, my friend's car was broken into in the middle of the day in Los Feliz, like windows smashed during lunch. And a, we were like looking at it, deciding what to do. And a cop drove by and we stopped the cop. I'm like, hey, perfect. Can you help us? And she was like, no, I actually uh, don't work in this district. And then just drove away. And I was like, wow. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I, I've had that in Chicago twice. I s- they just don't care. They're not going to look into break, breaking in cars. There's so many. No, it's ridiculous. I saw a guy about to get violent with uh, his girlfriend one time. Oh, and I was about to go step in because I didn't know what else to do. Because yeah. it was real bad. He was like oh, no. screaming threats. And like raising his hand to her and he pushed her. And I was like, all right, well, here, here's time to go get involved in these people's lives. And I saw two cops and I was like, oh, perfect. I'll just tell them so I don't have to go fight some weird guy. And I told them and they go, um, yeah, they probably know our phone. She probably knows our phone number, right? So if she has a problem, she can let us know. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Jesus. I was like, whoa, okay. Super cool. I mean, cops don't always even respond to domestic abuse um, calls. Like, I lived in an apartment in North Hollywood where across from us, they were always getting in fights. And at one point, our neighbors called it on us because they thought me and my sister were fighting. And we're like, no, it's definitely the people next door. Um, But yeah, I I think the cops did come at one point. But I I imagine they were called so much that they sometimes were just like, how serious is it this time? Yeah. Which is probably one of those things that's hard to prove. Because they show up, and I'm sure way too many times the person being abused is like, no, they were just mad, or I deserved it, or, you know. Well, yeah, because they're like, what do you want to do if you want to press charges and leave this relationship? And they're like, I don't know if I'm ready for that. So it's like, can they just stop the thing, you yeah, know? Yeah, <laughs> right, because you need that person's testimony, yeah. or you have no case, yeah. basically. Yeah, that's rough. Um, but anyway, so yeah, so that that's epic. Um, same guy, back brace guy, story three. Okay. We hit a semi-truck with cheese curds oh one time. Oh, my God. And it was going through his neighborhood honking the horn. We were laying in like thick weeds. Like it was pretty close. But the closest, this is the epic one that I just relived with oh, my geez. high school okay. best friend. This the is the this guy? is the one where true terror flashed through my eyes. Okay. And you have to keep in mind, this is to this day, if not the best shape I've ever been in in my life, some of the best shape I've ever been in in my life. Like okay. I think we were going into senior year of high school. Mm-hmm. Um, I had been lifting weights and doing this program with my buddy called, um, 
It's called Air Alert Two. It was for all the basketball players <laughs> that really wanted to dunk and couldn't dunk. And it Air was a, it was a, a series of exercises that would break down your leg muscles, and then they'd rebuild as fast twitch. It's what athletes oh, want. It was fast cool. twitch muscles, which basically means you can just move them quick. They burst. They're they're built for burst. Okay. You know, like if you're a distance runner, you have really long muscles. Sure, for so endurance. If you, yeah, so if you want to like jump or sprint or any of that, you want quick twitch. Oh. So we did this whole program and it worked. Like my buddy and I just all of a sudden were just jumping out of the gym. It was crazy. Oh. This, and also this lasted for two awesome. summers. I'm not even bragging. My knees fell apart. One one summer oh, later, no. <laughs> it took I everything mean, I had to get to this point. And then my body was like, nah, son, we're done. Oh, um, dunk in high school, that's a powerful feeling. Because I remember the, our, the basketball players on our team, there were like five people who could dunk and we would just destroy it. But it was so cool to watch because the gap is so big in high school. Like in the NBA, like everyone's very athletic. But in high school, when you get there and other people aren't, you're like... Oh yeah. I'm yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Right. You're like the best player you've ever seen goes to a college you've never heard of. And you're yeah. like, wow, these guys must be very good. <laughs> yeah. So you're in the best shape. Of so your I'm life. in the best shape of my life. And, um, so we're getting cocky, okay. you know, and, and we're, and we're getting less and less careful with the throwing of the food. Okay. It's sure. getting really like, who cares if they see us, you know? Yeah. So this one night, we sneak out of my parents' house. We go up to the, our, our little corner, and it was a perfect corner. It was, a, <laughs> it was a, just a busy enough street that there would be some cars at all hours of the night. Okay. But usually they'd be coming one at a time, so you don't have to worry about another person seeing you. Sure. And at the street, there was a big, tall privacy fence with a bush right next to it. So you could get between the bush and the privacy fence. <laughs> you're covered from both sides. Okay. You hop out right as the car passes, boom, and you're hidden. So... We're out. I think this night we were throwing um, either ding dongs or Swiss <laughs> Miss. I can't be certain. Like the powders? Uh, well, like the chocolate cakes with the oh, cream. Oh. The ding dongs are like the hockey puck looking ones. Yes. Oh, I thought Swiss Miss was a chocolate. Uh, Swiss Miss were like the chocolate. rolls. They're almost oh, like ho hos. Oh, okay. Um, I think it was ding dongs this night. But uh, really you were just making a statement about how sugar is ruining, uh, adding to childhood obesity. So. Thank you, thank you. It was <laughs> it was like, not it was what I needed. Political. Yeah, mom, I'm trying to dunk here. Get this, <laughs> get these sugary treats out of the house. Dunking on sugar industry. Yeah. So, so yeah. So this car's coming. We jump out. Bam, bam. We'd already said last one for the night. This uh -huh. is it. Guy comes. Boom, boom. Hiding in the bushes. He drives off. And there was a girl that had moved to my neighborhood that was, I would be surprised if she's not gay now. She was like Tom, <laughs> super tomboy soccer player. She was just uh -huh. our homie. Yeah. And she used to sneak out and we would just like walk around together. There was like, uh -huh. so we, sometimes we just go tap on our window and be like, you want to come fuck shit up? You know? <laughs> so we were like, let's go to her house. Christiana, shout out Christiana Bosher. If you're listening to this, I'll use your real name. Cause I have nothing but nice things to say about <laughs> you. Um, so anyway, so we're walking so my street uh, teed at this kind of main street that we were throwing food at the cars, right? Uh-huh. So off of my street, you would turn left onto that street and walk down like half a block to get to Christiana Street. So okay. you, so it's left off of my street onto this street, then left off of that street onto Christiana Street. So okay. it almost looked like a horseshoe. A little, yeah. But Christiana Street was a cul-de-sac. Okay. And then mine was a really long cul-de-sac Gotcha. Okay. Does that make kind of sense? So it's like a super yes, off lopsided horseshoe, basically. Okay. So we hit the car. It's gone. We're like, let's walk to Christiana's. 
So we get out onto this main street. We've taken that left. We still have the snack cakes in our hand. So like if anyone comes back, it's like clearly the two idiots with the snack cakes in their hand. So right as we're about to take a left, we see headlights coming up behind us. And I just knew immediately. As soon as I saw headlights, my heart sunk. And I was like, it's him for sure. sure. I just knew it. So as the headlights are approaching, I hear the brakes being applied. You know, Uh you can just hear the tires slowing down. So I go, it's him. And so we're walking. We don't look. We wait till he gets right next to us. We look over and he's got a crowbar or tire iron, some sort of metal (gasps) iron. And he's holding it up, looking at us. And he's like slapping his palm of his hand with it like a movie. Cartoonish. Like, yeah, yeah. Like the way a guy would have a bat and just hit his hand with it. Like bring it. So he's doing that shit. And. This is like an adult man. Adult man. And so Blake, who's the guy I was with, goes run and so like i said our our we were almost to christiana street which would have meant we would have taken a left and gone onto like a just typical suburban cul-de-sac sure so we immediately turn around and go back towards my street because the car is facing towards christiana street so we know yeah, you're like it's gonna be a dead yeah you know, so you're at least gonna have to turn around to chase us so we turn back around hit my street turn back onto my street and it's just a long stretch it's probably well, there's three side streets that come off of my street. That's how long it is. And then yeah. my house is past the third side street. So it's like long. It's probably like 300 yards to get to my house. Okay. So and three football fields uh, at a sprint. Oh, wow. That's long. And it's really long. Yeah. yeah. But you weren't even like, let's duck into, because you were still so like, you were bad boys, but good boys. You're like, we're not going to duck into a house. Yeah. We're, we're not going like, to run on this sidewalk. Well, so what we did though, so we start running down my street. And then, so to go to my house, we would have had to go straight. We hit the first side street, which is also a cul-de-sac, but we take a right and we knew the kid that lived in the third house on the left. So we just dove into the bushes next to his house. And we figured if at worst, we wake someone up, they come out and we go, hey, it's Kenny DeForest. I'm hiding from somebody. Yeah. At least you know it's us. We're not burglars. So we at least uh-huh. knew. So we're, we're in the bushes in front of this house and we're hiding. And in my mind, I'm like, oh, we're good. Like, there's no uh-huh. way this guy, because he was still turning around. By the time sure. we did that, he didn't see us turn on the side street or anything. Somehow, this guy's instincts were amazing. <laughs> and he pulls up right in front of the house we're hiding in front of. And he gets out and he's coming at us with the tire iron. Oh, my God. So at this point, we're in a bush. Uh-huh. To our back is a chain link fence that leads into the backyard. To our right is the house. Okay. To the, the left is another house. And the only way out is or there's a man walking towards us with a bar. And he knows you're there. And he knows we're there, clearly, because yeah. he's walking towards the bush. I still don't know how he <sighs> knew. Unless he saw, he must have like. Maybe he saw you turn. He must there. have just seen us take a right yeah. onto the side street or something. And so he knew. And then we probably weren't as well hidden in the bush as we thought because uh-huh. we had like white t shirts on. Sure. So if any light caught it, he was like, there they are. So we go, f- and I think one of us just yells, fuck so we jump up we leap the chain link fence right behind us right Uh so now we're in this family's backyard as soon as our feet hit the ground dogs i mean it's like (gasps) a movie i'm telling you oh my god two just yippy barky you're an intruder (laughs) we're here to kill you dogs so now we're sprinting i mean dogs literally nipping at my heel like i felt the dog bite the back of my socks it was that close so we're sprinting. We hear the guy jumping over the chain link fence behind oh my us. God. So we hit a side chain link fence. So now we're jumping from one backyard into the next backyard. Oh, 
So we leap, boom. As soon as we gators hit dogs. Next yeah, <laughs> gators. Yeah, right, right, right. Alligators snapping turtles. Snakes. Uh, but more dogs. Yeah. So oh, now wow. so now we've awoken like five dogs. They're all barking and going crazy. Leap that fence into a third backyard. This time no dogs, but in front of us is a privacy fence. And I actually literally just went back to confirm because in my head, I still don't know how we did this. It just was adrenaline. And again, we were like the most athletic we've ever been. But I went and stood next to this privacy fence last time I was home, like a month ago, to confirm. So I'm 6'4". This thing was at least six and a half feet tall. What's a privacy fence? It's just like a big wooden fence that you can't oh, see you through. Oh, you can't look at all. Okay. Yeah. I'm like looking it up. So it's at least six and a half feet, probably seven feet tall. So that's big. Oh, okay. Yes. And when it's a wooden fence, you know, with the chain link fence, at least you can put your feet in the little holes and climb. Yeah. With a wooden fence, it's just wood. You can't, yeah. And I swear to God, somehow we both just hurdled this thing. I mean, yeah. we jumped like, and yeah, we, put our, we put our hands on it, so that helped. Sure. But like we literally just jumped and pushed. Wow. And it was enough to like propel ourselves over. I've never like floated like that in the air before. I, I remember thinking, this must be what Michael Jordan Your feels like. <laughs> I was just like waiting for the ground to hit. Wow. And then finally we hit. It was like a cartoon. Like as soon as our feet touched the ground, <laughs> gone, wow. right? So as our feet hit, I think the guy, the guy probably didn't even climb the chain link fence. He probably just shook it a little bit and got yeah. back in his car because as soon as our feet hit the ground, so now we're back on the straightaway to my house. <laughs> and we probably covered maybe 50 yards. So we got 250 to go. Okay. So as we're sprinting, this guy has now turned and he's behind us and he's oh driving God. up behind us and we're just running down the sidewalk. He like went up over the curb. Like he was going to hit us. <gasps> this guy I think had blood. He had like oh blood in his God. eyes. Yeah. He was like, I'm going to kill these teens. Like he's got stuff going on in his life and he's taking it out. Yes. Like, yeah, like, yeah. 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 One of those things where it's like, this is the last time somebody messes with me, but he's really talking about his yeah. like divorce. Yeah. Like, his wife, his he job. just found out his wife's cheating on him and then yeah. we hit him with snack cakes <laughs> and it's on now. He probably thought it was the guy his wife was fucking. He's like, it is him. <laughs> those teenage uh, boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those bastards. They're all fucking my wife. So yeah, he's, he's man, he is just on our heels. I mean, I could like feel the heat, yeah, you know, geez. behind me. Scary. It was so scary. So we passed the second side street. This guy's right on our heels, right? So at the third side street, so to get to my house, you go straight or you take a right on this side street. Luckily, I lived in this neighborhood my whole life. And in a flash of brilliance, I realized that the house on the corner of my street and the side street has mm. no fence. Okay. So I go, Blake, follow me. I was behind him. I go, let me take the lead, follow me. And he slowed down just enough that I shot in front of him. We take a right on the side street uh -huh. and I, I look back. And as soon as I see the car commit to take the right, we dash across the street right in front of the car. Oh, wow. So you could have gotten hit. So you could have gotten hit. But because he had taken a right and then and then we went into that yard and cut right through it because there was no fence. So we got him to turn right, cut through that yard and we're back on my street and we knew we had just enough time for him to have to turn around. Yeah. We sprinted, got to my house, dove in through the basement window and then like got up, closed the window. And I, I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding you. As soon as the window sealed <laughs> the car went by wow. and we had just shut the light off in the basement bedroom too. So it was like, we had literally just put out any sign that we were there Oh my god! and we just sat there in silence. And this guy was just like driving up and down our street for half an hour, hour. Oh and we just laid there in silence, lights out. And 
Yeah, I thought for a minute there it was like, I'm gonna have to fight a guy with a crowbar, I guess. Jeez, that's so scary. He, did he see your faces? Yeah. And then that, you never heard from him again. No, at least in a flash, he he definitely because there was a moment like when I saw him at first, yeah. like hitting the crowbar against his palm. Uh, I looked like there was a moment where we yeah. saw each other. I'm, yeah, that's terrifying. I mean, like, the, also, it's like, what can that guy, if he goes to the police, then he's going to have to admit he, like, ch- literally chased children. Boy. Yeah. Yeah. And that's also like, well, you should have just called the cops at that point or whatever. So he's he's probably got stuff going on. Yeah, man. That's, so that's funny. I wonder if he'll, like, see me on TV one day and be like, that's the kid. And he just shows up at your door with a crowbar. Yeah, yeah. Subconsciously, <laughs> that's... at your wedding with a crowbar, just like, ah, ha, ha, ha. I've been waiting Got for this you day. Now. Yeah. He's my Steve Buscemi from Billy Madison. Um, maybe subconsciously, that's why I wear a beard. I've just been... <laughs> I've been subconsciously hiding from this guy. That's so funny. I, yeah, it's, until you said that, I didn't realize I was imagining you as a teenage boy with the, a beard. I am one of those people you just think was like born with a beard, right? Yeah. yeah. Just imagine you running from him, but like how you are now, just smaller. Just, yeah, really skinny, no armpit hair, but a full beard. Oh my gosh, that's so scary. Yeah, that guy, that guy sounds like he was bad news. And then, so then you, you stopped after that? That was the final that was, thing? That was close to the end because that was that was summer going into senior year. I'm sure we did it. I, I think honestly, you like one good one before you quit. So that, could yeah, I th- that honest, that could have been the last one to be honest with you. Cause then, then it hit a point where it felt forced. It's, you know, it's, have you seen the new season of stranger things? Oh no, not yet. But I've, yeah. Spoiler I've, alert. It's not even it's spoiler alert. <laughs> one thing that they play with in this series, in this, this is, there's no spoilers in what I'm about to say. Sure. One thing they play with in the season that I like is they capture that moment where when you're a teenager, Things just start to change yeah. and you don't want it to, but there's nothing you can do. So like, you know, the whole show started with them playing D and D in this season. There's like a whole through line where it's like, you guys are interested in girls now. And like, there's the one friend it's that's not, not ready anymore. yet, yeah. but then the two friends that like have already gone through puberty and now they just are obsessed <laughs> with girls and they have girlfriends. And then the other kids like, we play D and D we hate girls. What is happening? Yeah. And it just changes. It, that kind of happened with that. Like it just hit a point where we were seniors. Yeah. I didn't turn 18 to the very end of my senior year. I was one of the youngest kids in our class, but you know, my yeah. buddy had turned 18 in November. So it was just like, we can't, we can't keep doing this. <laughs> and like we, we would do little, you know, the fireworking went on a little longer cause that's a little more harmless. It's just kind of like <laughs> fucking with people a little bit. We would drive around with an air horn. And like, you know, if there was uh-huh. like a line for movie tickets, we'd drive through just and just watch people jump down, you know, shit like that. But yeah, I feel like I know exactly the type of boys you guys were. Cause I, I, I hung out with boys like this, but I was like, it's funny. I might have been like your friend Christiana because I'm like, oh, I'm kind of gay now. But uh, I, <laughs> I definitely, <laughs> I definitely hung out with boys like this. But I was like the good girl. But it was fun, and I never joined in on. In my mind, I was like, I will never do anything illegal. Not that anything they were doing was illegal, but like when they were tagging, I was not doing it. But I loved. I mean, it was the same thing. I was for sure enabling. I'd sit in the car and like, and they would do that kind of shit. Feel like, the honk. rush. Yeah. It was fun to watch, but I, I never would like honk the horn or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I, you know, I was definitely also an instigator. Like yeah. you, you, you let me off the hook earlier and I went with it, but <laughs> I was an ornery fucker, man. And I, I think it was, I had a lot of pressure to be a good kid. Yeah. But I also knew that both my parents were rebel spirits. Like they were both uh-huh. hippies back in the day. So it was weird. Cause I'm, I'm close with my parents and always have been like, obviously everybody has issues with their phone. I'm not sitting here saying we have a perfect yeah. relationship, but we've always been pretty close. And so like, 
It's almost like a blessing if you don't get along with your parents real well, because then you at least know who you're rebelling against. Sure. I was rebelling. I, you, you need to rebel, but then it's like, well, I like my parents. So you're rebelling so you, against this vague idea of the man or something. Yeah. And so it wasn't even t- like your parents, it wasn't even like you were trying to get attention from them. You were just like doing this. I'm sure I was. <laughs> I'm sure subconsciously I was, you know, like, did they ever know what was going on or talk to you or were they, what did they think was happening when you, or did, I mean, they I'm never sure. knew I snuck out when I told them they were shocked. Really? Wow. And I, I told them cause I thought it was funny <laughs> and I was like, mom, we were sleeping in a room that had a window that literally opened to the ground. Like we didn't have to jump down from the window. You just <laughs> crawled out the window and you were coming out hands and knees on grass. It's like, come on. What do you, what did you think we were doing? Um, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I always had this like rebellious thing and and uh but I I also never wanted to hurt anybody. Like that was the big. Sure. I wanted it to be fun. Yeah. And create a little chaos in your life, but didn't want anyone to be like legit afraid or you know, it's that fine line. Yeah, but once you cause that sort of fear and it goes into the like rea- real crime, that's when you're like, "Oh shit, that's not fun." Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah right. It's just a weird crossover. Yeah. Um, we used to steal like signs, like political signs or uh-huh. like a neighborhood sign. Like there was one is like, welcome to Cherokee Estates, <laughs> you know? And so we'd steal that. And like, if there was like a short house, we just put it on their roof. Like there was a girl <laughs> that I had a crush on. And so uh-huh. I put <laughs> signs on her roof. It's like a cat bringing like dead rats. I brought you a gift. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh my God. That's so funny. And then at the end of our senior year, we never did a senior prank. And I, and it, we were kind of bummed about it because there's all these legends. And, and it's funny. I'm sure your school did too, right? Yeah. Do you think any of those actually happened? Because I remember hearing that like oh, somebody... Blew up something. Somebody brought in... Someone disassembled... This was one I heard. Somebody one year disassembled a Volkswagen and reassembled it in the lunchroom. No way did that happen. I think, right, zero percent. I think teachers make that up to fuck with kids. They have to, right? Yeah. There's no way that happened. Yeah, That's there was crazy. one that was like chopped down a whole oak tree and just left it in the lobby. I'm like, who, <laughs> who, how do these kids have access to the school or an oak tree or uh-huh. get it there? I've heard like, yeah, like you release like three cows and they're labeled like one, two, and four. Yeah, yeah, we heard that one. Cows can go upstairs but not down. So uh-huh. all I do is put it upstairs. Did you know that, by the way? I've heard that, cows yeah. Cows cannot go downstairs. Is that true? Yeah, they won't do it. Oh, poor cows. Um, so my big idea was I wanted to... St- get a big penis shaped stencil which is so funny that that vandal american vandal is kind oh, of yeah. that i wanted to just spray paint a big dick in the parking lot i thought uh-huh. that'd be funny <laughs> um but we went up there and there was a security guard it was like the last week of school uh-huh. so they were smart and they hired a security guard to be there 24 <laughs> 7 and so my buddy and i just sprinted through the parking lot screaming just to get him to chase us so that was like our last one that really uh-huh. was the last one it was me and blake from that story Aww, last and i had some sort of like rubber it almost looked like a squeegee like a wand yeah and i just held it up and i was like victory or like freedom or something and <laughs> they screamed hey and he started chasing us and blake and i split up and that was like our last big chase you just wanted to play tag we just wanted to play tag <laughs> yeah we didn't even do anything to the school we just got the security guard <laughs> to like, chase hey, us chase me chase me chase it yeah like a little kid <laughs> chase me dad chase me i'm bored please <laughs> Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I didn't even think that those pranks are the are all urban legends until you said that. And now I think back, I'm like, I'm sure none of them happened. Someone said there was one with, at our school that they said um, seniors had blown up. They set like a cherry bomb or something or whatever, whatever the one you can make at home is. Um, they blew up this fountain in the school. And so that's why it didn't work. And that was the myth. 
I'm like, I don't think that's true. But then because of that, we like nobody did pranks at our school because they were like, we had this store and it was really bad and it was like you know the police were involved so don't you guys try anything like i'm sure teachers made that up oh yeah to like scare us (laughs) yeah yeah because we're stupid children and they know that teachers probably do pranks like if i was a teacher i'd be like let's prank the school (laughs) yeah right fuck these kids oh man badass kids that's so i mean i i think that everything you've shared is very relatable it's like like it's like that teenage sort of angst in a small town like I totally get yeah, that. Yeah, you just want to see the world burn a little bit. As a, it's weird. Yeah. Prank calls, all that. It's like, it's just like, I think it's, maybe it's because you're so uncomfortable with yourself. Yeah. You want to make others uncomfortable or something. It's, it's like not a, even that sinister. I think you're just testing the boundaries and you're pushing the limits of like, because these rules are arbitrary and you're trying to be like, what can I do? What can I do? I dude, mean, like, you know, I, I have wrestled with that. What you just said. That that is, I think, at the crux of a lot of my discomfort with life, and even like not rebelling against my parents, but like the arbitrary rules of society yeah. have always bothered me so deeply. And knowing how few people actually follow them, but then we all we all hold each other. I, I've yeah. always said this: we hold each other to a standard that none of us are living up to. <laughs> so we're constantly crucifying someone for being imperfect, basically. But it's yeah. we're all so deeply imperfect, so it's so it's so weird to me. And yeah, I don't know. Well, the rules aren't made. I think the, the rules as you get older, they start to make more sense because they're made by adults. They don't make sense to kids. They don't. Really, I mean, you're not driving that much. You don't pay taxes. You don't care as a kid. So they don't make sense. But I think this is why it's like more diversity in general in lawmakers and writers and everything because the people who are setting the boundaries should also be the people following them. Right. As an adult, I'm like, I understand why there are laws on the road. I drive and I would like a safe road. But as a kid, I'm like, whatever, because I don't care. Rules are for dorks. Yeah. So I think it's whoever's setting the rules. Now we're growing into the people who set the rules. So now they start to make more sense. But as a kid, like, no, no teenagers are making those laws. So of course they don't feel like it matters to them. Anyways. It's true. Because, I, I mean, I think this is a, that's a normal thing when you're a teen. So I don't think there's anything... I don't think it's that sinister. Who knows? Maybe, maybe there's something darker in you that really wanted to test that. But I think it's pretty normal. No, no, yeah. It definitely didn't feel like it was coming from a sinister place. I've always yeah. been pretty good-natured and wanted everyone to have a good time. You know, Being, wanting to be awake when everyone's sleeping as a teenager. So you know what? In the in the spirit of this being a true confession, can uh-huh. I tell you one that I and I had I I'm glad I just thought of this. Yeah. This is something I look back on and I feel bad. Oh. Okay. This is not. This is not like oh cute. This is, this is when it went too far. Okay. Same friend. And this is the thing. So same friend back brace. So uh-huh. got How chased around in the daytime. On? That guy, uh-huh. uh, semi truck going through the neighborhood. Cause we hit it with cheese curds. That guy. So this guy is clearly, okay. you know, he's, he's going to put you in some situations. This guy. <laughs> okay. We were at a Walmart. Well, I don't remember what we were getting. It was me back brace the originator of throwing food at cars the guy the guy who as far as we know invented it uh-huh. and started this whole craze also the guy with the severely sprained ankle from the bratwurst story okay so i'm with sprained ankle and back brace the two wounded soldiers of our crew uh we're at walmart they're it's around halloween time but probably like a week off and there's a full-grown man dressed as a baby and we couldn't tell if it was a costume thing but he was like really into it and oh. we thought it might have been just like like a fetishy thing, like sure. one of those dudes that just dresses like a baby. Okay. And we're leaving. We're driving. We see him on the road. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, we were teenagers. We weren't being very nice about him. Like, look at this fucking sure. freak, you know, that all that shit you do. And now I look back and go, Jesus Christ, like, if if this guy was a guy that dresses like a baby, now I understand, like, oh, that's like he experienced severe trauma and this is uh-huh. how he copes with it. Uh-huh. But at the time, you just yeah, go, you what a freak! Yeah. Uh! And so we're leaving. Back brace goes, hey, catch up with this guy. I thought he was going to maybe just yell something. And it's funny because I still remember vividly this moment. Okay. He said, speed up and catch this guy. And everything in my heart said, don't do it. Uh-huh. Like, this guy is not going to be nice to this guy. Yeah. But you're a teenager. You don't want to be a pussy. Sure. So I speed up. We get next to him. And the guy leans out the window and goes, hey, you fucking freak. Fuck you. And he just takes a full soda and just chucks it at the side of his car and hits boom, boom. And I, I still remember the look of fear in the guy on the guy's face as he like, he swerved and like caught. And he just looked terrified oh. and sad and just yeah. like, sped off in his shitty little car and like i say shitty little car because it's also like it's not like this guy's like you know it's not at least if you like speed up to like a dickhead high power lawyer and hit him with a soda there's at least like yeah. the like at least all right this guy's probably a dickhead like this was truly a vulnerable human being sure and i sped up and we hit him in the in the like side panel with a full soda can definitely denting his car this was not snack cakes And then I immediately turned off the road and drove away and just felt deeply awful. Yeah. And so, you know, you're saying like we're pushing boundaries or trying to find them. That was definitely a night where I was like boundaries found. found. I'm not, that felt like bullying. Nothing I had done up to that point felt like bullying. That felt like bullying. That felt really fucking gross. And uh, it's funny. I actually was thinking about that. I'm glad this came up organically because I actually feel like I needed to just tell somebody that. Um, No, and I think it's good to share. And that kind of stuff um, you carry without realizing it because you just live your life then as a good person or or you find your line and and then you're like, well, it's fine. But I think it's good to have those moments early on. It only becomes a problem, I think, when you're like in your 40s and you're still doing stuff like that. But I think those moments exist. So you find that line and then you become an adult and you know, like now you know, like you obviously, the way you tell it, you know why that was wrong. But you had to kind of experience it to feel it truly, right? The empathy of like, oh shit, I understand why this might have been very scary for this person. Yeah. Yeah. And also understanding now, like, I don't want to say wrong. wrong is the wrong word. I just mean like the empathy comes in through feeling it and doing it. Yeah. Totally. Well, now I understand like, yeah, calling anyone a freak is not great, you know? But you were young. Like you said, like that is a t- perfectly normal story to have happen as a teenager. As a teenager. Right. Yeah. I know. And, and, and you know, I'm not going to beat myself up too hard because I learned from it. I yeah. did what you're supposed to do after that. And I went, Ooh, that's not good. Let's not do that again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that the look on his face is like seared in my mind. Well, I'm going to give you a chance to apologize out to the world right now to him. I mean, if he's listening, I'm yeah. sure he's not, but uh, what would you say to him? If, if you live in Springfield, Missouri and you're a grown man that likes to dress like a baby and perhaps get your diaper changed by strange people on the internet and it's like a sexual thing for you, I want to say to you that I accept that and I want you, I hope that happens for you as frequently as you would like it to happen and I hope that it happens in a way that makes you feel happy and fulfilled and I deeply apologize for making you feel like a freak for loving what it is you like to do. And if you were just a guy that was going to a Halloween party a week early, I'm also really sorry about that, man. It was a great costume. It was so convincing that it uh, was overwhelming for my teenage brain. And um, 
so I'm deeply sorry. And if you, if it's something you still think about, just know that the guy driving the car anyway is, is uh, deeply apologetic. I don't know about the guy who threw the soda can. I, I can't speak for him, but, um, I hope you found happiness and peace in your life. Oh, that's really beautiful. Getty. You know what? I absolve you of, of any guilt you feel about. Oh, story, thank you so, so much. And I, I think if he could hear that, he would think the same. So, yes. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much for sharing that story. Um, do, we have a quick game. Okay. Do you want to play a game to switch to a lighter note? And yeah, please. Okay. Mer- um, Mercury's in retrograde. We got to do something. Mercury is in retrograde. And that's a great transition because this game is about astrology. Um, I love astrology. I know, you know, sometimes people can think it's phony, but recently, I don't know if you saw this, but Channing Tatum had a beautiful rant, um, not a rant, but uh, a, a reaction to astrology. Did you see this on Twitter? Was it the thing about therapy? Yes, it's about therapy and astrology. I only saw like well, the, a short clip. So okay. I, mean, I only saw him saying like, yeah, go to therapy, whatever. Just he, that part. Oh, oh, he, <laughs> he, I think he did an Instagram story. So there's a li- or live TV, whatever, but there's a whole longer video, but I'm going to just play the clip that he posted on his Twitter where he talks about astrology. But yes, within this video, the longer one, I think he also talks about therapy, which is great. So this is Channing Tatum discovering that astrology is real. I need, I need um, some answers, okay? Because I, I don't know if I'm late to this or if I'm early to this, but what is this pattern shit? It's an app. I just downloaded it called The Pattern, and it asked me to put in my birthday and my time of birth. By the way, how, how, how are you supposed to know your time of birth? I hope anyone that does this has a parent that loves them and is, is half responsible because I don't even know how I would figure that out. Anyways, how do you know what you know about me, Pattern? People of the pattern, people that use the pattern, you need to DM me right now and tell me how you know this stuff. I don't even know if I want to know this stuff. I don't even know if I want to know. I don't, I don't know if anybody should know this stuff. I was just in therapy yesterday. It, yeah, I'm in therapy. Whatever, everybody should be in therapy. And I just get a notification on my phone this morning. Boop, pops up. And using the exact words that we were that we were using in therapy, uh, is the phone listening? Is that are you listening through the phone pattern AI, the algorithm that is the pattern? Are you listening through my phone and then just regurgitating the stuff that I'm afraid of and stuff? You know what? Pattern people, you should just call me. That's what that's what should happen right now. You should just DM me if you know so much. You know how to get in touch with me now, don't you? So just just do that. Just I need answers right now. Okay, so if you guys don't know, the pattern is an astrology app, but it's like very intense. It reads you like a book. It will make you believe that you're in a simulation because it just it will know you very well. And anyways, apparently Channing Tatum is Neo. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's really creepy. I also like that he's uh, like freshly shaved bald. It looks like yeah. pa- it looks like pattern has caused him to uh, go into a full <laughs> psychological break. Yeah. And he's like, I got to shave my head. Uh, time to time for some changes. Going to start with shaving my head. Yeah, he's going through something. But no, I love that he goes to therapy. And so this is why I'm chanting going to therapy in honor of you going to therapy. This is what the game is. It's about stars and ast- uh, that believe in astrology. Um, so I'm going to just read a quote about uh, astrology from a star and I'll give you multiple choice. You have to guess who said it. Okay. Cool. All right. Here's the first one. I don't get zodiac signs. Sagittarius, my sign, always applies to me, but so do the other 11. Trickery. Okay, which funny person said this? Was it A, Chrissy Teigen? B, John Mulaney? C, Paris Hilton? Eh, she's not really funny. 
<laughs> Clearly, that's the wrong answer. Okay. <laughs> or D, the Michelin Man. <laughs> I'm gonna go. Trickery sounds like a Christy Teigen. Correct. The answer is a Christy Teigen. She said this in 2010. Um, this is also how I feel about Baskin Robbins 31 ice cream flavors when I'm trying to decide. They <laughs> all apply. They, okay. all, they all sound good. Um, okay, number two. This is the quote. Pisces people are bipolar and don't know it. That's It's like quoting a tweet and then it says, lies. I am completely aware of my disorder. Okay. Which singer said this? A. Halsey. B. Rihanna. C, Lil Nas X, or D, the goldfish from Pinocchio? That's 100% Halsey. It is actually Rihanna. Whoa. It is something Halsey would say, but if Rihanna is a Pisces. I don't know what Halsey's sign is. Um, DM us if you know. Uh, I guess I could Google it. All right, so you're one out of two. Um, this is the final question for the win. The new... Wait, hold on. Oh, well, I wrote a joke, but it's too late. I'm not going to read it. Do it. <laughs> okay. I, sorry, I wrote this. This is for the listeners. I usually write this game on my computer, but I wrote it while I was walking my dog on my phone. So the jokes are messy. Okay. So here's the joke for the last question, which won't be funny because I've set it up. <laughs> the new she's hot, but she doesn't know it is she has a mental illness and is aware and totally getting treated in a healthy manner. <laughs> Hell yeah. It's true. <laughs> okay. Here's the final question. A physician without the knowledge of astrology has no right to call himself a physician. Which famous physician said this? A, Sigmund Freud, B, Hippocrates, C, Ben Carson, or D, Dr. Pimple Popper? What was the, what was the B? What was Hippocrates. The, I'm going with Hippocrates. Correct. That's the answer, correct. Hippocrates, the father of modern medicine, is a believer of astrology. Which is cool because, you know, I love astrology. I believe in it. My parents want me to be a doctor. So I'm basically a doctor. (laughs) And yeah, and and back in the day, honestly, if you were a doctor that believed in astrology, you'd probably be called a hypocrite. Uh, How about that? Oh, my God. And then you got to take your... That's from? Yeah, got to be, right? Hippocrates? Hypocrite? Wow. No, if he's a father of modern medicine, that's been around forever. Because I know hypocrites... It might be the same derivative word, but maybe not. Yeah, because hypocrite is used in the Bible. So I it's see. been around for a long time. Yeah. Well, he's not that modern, but he's yeah. like, the Hippocratic Oath is him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Kenny, for coming on the show. My pleasure. You won the game. Uh, yes. As a prize, you get to tell us where we can find you on to follow your comedy. Oh, my God. Wonderful. Uh, I'm Kenny DeForest on Twitter and Instagram. Um, I'm also Kenny DeForest on Facebook, but I mean, you know, Facebook's a nightmare. <laughs> you can add me, but who knows, you know? Uh, and then my website is kennydeforest.com. That's K-E-N-N-Y-D-E-F-O-R-E-S-T. And uh, I'm solidifying some dates right now, but I'll be in the Southeast. I got uh, Hilarities in Cleveland. I got Go Bananas in Cincinnati, Lazoom in Asheville. I'll be in Huntsville, Alabama, and then hopefully also Nashville, Chattanooga. Check it out. It's all coming together as we speak. So by the time this airs, hopefully it'll be um, solidified and on my website. So check it out. Nice. And you can follow this podcast at Tell Me Anything Pod and me at Larissa T. Thanks oh, and also check out oh. my stand-up album, please, and oh, my yes. late-night sets. Late-night sets on YouTube, stand-up album on Spotify, on all platforms, but I'm not going to pretend like you're going to pay for it. You can just stream it. Thank you.